0: I'm here to tell you that this might be a five-part sermon on Wednesday, on Sundays, but I want her to start. If she doesn't get finished, it's all right. We'll continue it on. But the the best preacher that I have that preaches at me 24 hours a day sometimes. Hallelujah. We encourage each other in the Lord. Hallelujah. And I know now what that means. It means in spite of your circumstances, you know that where the Lord is, all is well. And I'm just going to say one thing. And first of all, I'm so thankful for the words that we hear. We do not have a pastor who is removed from trouble, but is in it with us. So he is getting words to help us. Walk with the Lord in these trying, trying times. Amen? Amen. So while we have been fasting and praying and walking, and I want to thank all of you who have come to early morning prayer on Fridays and those of you that come on Tuesdays and those of you that come once a month. and. Our church has just gotten to where they just can't sit still anymore. And many of you march. You march around the perimeter of this church and began to call out the names on that list. And there are so many of them. So many needs. And we either have to pretend that we're praying and just toss it aside. Or we have to get serious. And this church has gotten serious. We have gotten serious about praying to the Lord for our needs. Everybody say, amen. Amen. Because even though we may not know the people you're praying for, we know you. And when you're standing in the front weeping and crying and going through something, it moves us. We want to help carry that burden. That's what it means. To be part of the body of Jesus Christ. And do you know how powerful that revelation is? He said, if I can get just two of you that love like that. Any two of you that agree. Which of you is he talking about? He's talking about people who are not coming to church because it's a social program or because they're afraid of their grandma or their mama getting on them. But they have found something and they know there are people that are depending on them and they want to help carry the load. That's more precious than all the money in the world than all the intelligence of people that really love you. Do you think your doctor loves you? Please don't answer that. Do you think the guy that that takes care of your car loves you? Do you know what every one of those nice, civil, courteous people want from you at the end of their service and sometimes before it? That'll be 49.95. Please tell me what your insurance is before you even walk in the door. Now, your doctor won't ask for it, but he's got a whole team that ask you all kinds of personal questions. Five to ten pages you're going to fill in before you ever see his face. But when you walk into the church of the living God, there are people there that know what it feels like to be blood washed, redeemed, set free, helped, and encouraged. And they do it without charge. Let's thank the Lord for his body and his church. It's not something to take lightly. It is precious. And you can't get it anyplace else but here. Everything else has a ticket on it. There is a ticket price. But in the reading and bearing the burdens of our church, and Pastor and I have been praying and praying together and praying separately and talking to the Lord. In my Bible listening, I listen to it a lot. Because I need to hear it. It's different to hear it in my ears. And I have been walking and listening. I came across 1 Samuel 13. And, we're, and I'm just going to sketch out the introduction. And then I'm going to get to. The, that's, I love that. You go right ahead. That's beautiful. You can follow right along with me. And I'm gonna invite you to get your device out and not just look at it on the screen. Young people, I just gave you permission to get out your phone, only if you have the Bible on it. I will come down and look. (laughs) (laughs) And then I will call the name of your parent, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, and that's it. And then your parent will know that I saw Candy Crush, Candy Cane on your phone. No, I'm just kidding. It is the high school teacher that is very aware of the front, the back, and the sides. Hallelujah. So, in 1 Samuel 13, it said Saul reigned one year, and then he reigned two. And then at this time, when he reigned two, he got himself 2,000 men with him and 1,000 with his boy. What's 2,000 plus 1,000? 1, 1,000. Okay, some of you are actually paying attention. <laughs> That's right, 3,000 people that, hello, I'm looking around here, I was not, there are no 3,000 sitting here. And I'm guessing that in comparison to the opposition, Brother Josiah, 3,000 was a drop in the bucket. But 3,000 is better than nothing and nothing is what they had before. He had to get an army And the Bible said in verse three, his boy went up against a garrison. His boy took on a battle with his enemy. That's powerful to me. He did not wait for his daddy. There was a stronghold where he was and he said, I'm going up against it. These people are coming down on my people. The way the Philistines did war was so cruel. First of all, they killed every man they could find. Then they took the women and the children. They burned their cities, took all their goods. And then what they didn't burn, they moved into. You see, we don't fight like that now. But they fought like that. And here's what's even worse. These people that they were coming against weren't armed. So Jonathan really did a thing. A young man who was strong and said, I'm getting... I'm going to do something about it. He went against him and guess what? He whipped him. Hey, now that's something. A young man who is strong, a young man who says, I'm going to think about somebody besides me. I'm going to march these eyes. I'm going to start calling. I'm going against something. And everybody that prayed for Luvdisa got a little bit of that glory when that girl came up out of that water. I'm telling you, I don't know whether I want to cry, I want to scream and roll and stomp and shout. If really, we should have rejoiced as long as we've been praying. Amen. We wouldn't have been able to go home for lunch because we've been praying a mighty long time. It's glorious. I want us to give the Lord a hand praise, not a little one. Do you realize what he did? As big, folks. So what happened is... What happened this morning is kind of like what Jonathan did. He got together with some people and they just started fighting against it and they got a victory. Ooh, we got us one, didn't we? is that wonderful? Saul blew a trumpet and said, hey, Israel, I want you to hear what has happened. I want to share it with everybody. Of course, he took credit for it. He said, I slew a garrison. His boy did it. But he, we did it. We all did it. We took it. Well, then by verse 5, here's the repercussion. Now, I know some of the health issues that are sitting here. And as sure as I live and breathe, we have celebrated this girl. And I'm going to guarantee you before tomorrow, one of you is going to have a physical problem. You hear me? You might as well know how this works. Because we had a great victory. Don't you think our adversary saw that? Did you think he doesn't come to church with you? That he doesn't observe what's going on. You're still standing. He would like to take you down. So you know what happened? They heard about it too. All of Israel said, wow, a little relief. And the Philistines said, oh no, don't even think about that. And they amassed themselves together. And this is what they came down. Now, a garrison is not that big. But this was their overreaction to that. Because they want to make sure they demoralized the people. So they want to make sure, so they came down, excuse me, verse 5: 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen. That's just people in a chariot and people on horseback, and then people as the sand on the seashore. Well, talk about depression. So, you know what the Israelites did? In verse 6, they were greatly distressed, and they do what most of us do when we are confronted we hide. It's called escape. And here are all the places you can escape. I didn't even take the time to talk about it, but I think I might. First, some went to a cave. Have you ever heard the word man cave? Enough said. It really doesn't matter. It's a dark place that you escape to to get away from whatever it is that's pursuing you. But there's another kind of escape, a thicket. That's outside and overgrown. A thicket you have to press your way through to get in there to hide yourself. A thicket is briars. And there's no telling what those people went through to cram themselves in a thicket. And I'm sure it divided brother from brother. Because, hey buddy, get out of here. There's only room for me. You know, ten of us can get in a cave. But two of us can get in this thicket. And that thicket's mine. And so you can see the distress of the people. that weren't concerned about how are you doing. And you're it's like, I'm running. I, I can't take this pressure. I'm out of here. Forsake not the assembling. And we find out somebody else gets sick in our church. And a bunch of us are going, I'm out of here. That's 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen. I can't fight this and I don't want to be a part of it. I'm tired of fighting. Anybody feel like that? Don't raise your hand. I just soon bail. I'm tired of prayer requests, and they just keep coming in. They come in like a Gatling gun, one after another. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. More, more, more. It's not that people want prayer because they want to see their name on the list. They got trouble. Yeah. The Philistines. There's a thicket. Oh, but wait, there's more rocks. You know, it doesn't matter what you call your escape. Listen to me. God is not saying it is wrong to flee. It is a rock is wrong. Is a cave wrong? Is a thicket wrong? Please tell me a high place. Is it wrong to go to a high place? Oh, wait. And there's more pits. If you couldn't climb up, then you could get down. That's where they went. You know what the problem is? It's not the place you escape to. It's that we escape. Do you know what that says? I don't think there's any help for us. I don't think there's any hope. I don't know how to cope with this. I don't know what to do for this. I don't know what to say to this. I don't know how to address this 36,000 plus, thousands more. I'm trying to do it, I'm trying to address it, and since I can't, I'm going back to my cave, to my thicket, to my pit, and you know what? None of those places is a comfortable place to stay very long. That's the problem with an escape. It's not a safe place, it's not a refuge, it's not home, it doesn't feel good, you're on the run, can't get a witness the argument is not which one is okay. The issue is, let's be honest, I got 30,000 coming after me. That's the issue. Say, what's coming after me is the issue. Say it. Now, if that weren't enough, number seven, this will make you feel good. Some of the people said, I'm bailing on all of you. I don't want to be with you anymore. Forget the thicket, the pit, the high place. I don't even want to be in shouting distance of you. I'm going to take my kids and we're leaving. That's encouraging. So when people get sick in our church and and people are they go, "I'm sorry, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I don't want to take care of you. I don't want to pray for you. I don't want to talk with you. I don't want to bring you something to eat. I'm gone. I'm under pressure, so I'm leaving the body. Now, there you go. Now, how, how would that work in a marriage? Please don't answer that question. If, if we leave each other every time there's trouble, you're going to be leaving a lot. And the next question is where you think you're going to go to? Because all that's out there, the best they got to offer, is a thicket, a cave, a rock, a high place, and a pit. I'm sorry. There has got to be another option besides escape. I think I'll just say that again. There has got to be another option besides escaping from what we are facing. The rest of the people followed Saul. And you know what condition they were in? Terrified. got a test this week. Oh, God, I've got so much work on me. Oh, God. I don't laugh at anybody that's trembling. You're not trembling for no reason. 30,000 Philistines, a thousand of them would have been enough. But in 6,000 horsemen, I'm not ashamed of your trembling. I've stood like this myself. God, what are we going to do? What can we do? They followed him. Verse 8, and now their leader has got problems. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Now, I'm thankful for the contrast. But I'm going to tell you what they had to deal with. He'd only been leading for two years, okay, when this happened. And he wasn't seasoned. And if you look, you'll see that he was not a prayerful man or a spiritual man. I don't care how smart you are. And how much you've got figured out what needs to be done to your bank account, your job, whatever I'm telling you now, ain't nobody can stand against 30,000 Philistines and 6,000 horsemen and everything that's coming with it. I don't care how bright you are, or what your are I could care less. There is a battle that is so much bigger than you. And Saul took it on himself He said, I got to do this by myself, but let me tell you why. I'm not mad at Saul, but he made a bad leadership decision. He started out with, how many men did I tell you that man started out with? He had 3,000. He had one-third of what was coming after him. Less than a third. uh, One-tenth, I mean. Uh, One-tenth. One-tenth? the tithe of 30,000, but that's not even the, the 6,000 horsemen, and all the other, which were like the sand of the sea. So a tenth would have been ridiculous, but the man didn't even have a tenth. Well, let me show you what happens. He waits seven days for Samuel in verse 8, and guess what happens while he's waiting? Now the people were trembling, so guess what the people did while he's sitting there waiting? What are you waiting for? Pull the trigger, man. Do something. Save us. Come on, do something, Saul. And you know what the people started doing? They started slipping off. Shamefacedly, they started leaving. Until, do you know how many he had left out of the 3,000? He had, anybody want to hazard a guess? Six hundred. 600. Do you know why he took it on himself then? He stopped waiting for Samuel. He quit waiting for God because he was looking at what was happening out here and he panicked. He panicked and he said, I have to do this. I've never offered a sacrifice like this before. I know it's Samuel's place but clearly Samuel's not with me. I gotta do something or I'm gonna be down here with a hundred people. I'm numbering, I'm counting my bank account. I'm counting my benefits. I mean, I gotta pull the trigger now. I don't wanna do this. The moment he sacrificed that animal, here comes Samuel, what are you doing? He said, you didn't come and I'm left with 600 people. Samuel said, you should have kept what God gave you. That is literally what he said to him. God gave you something and you should have kept it. I'm talking to our church family tonight. What has the Lord given you? What promises? What What assurances? We're in a tough time right now. Listen here. We're in a tough night. You got to go back and say, what did you promise me before the pressure was on? What have you said to me? I can't tell you how many people have come to our church and said, this church is poised for revival. Anybody here besides me remember that? Would you raise your hand if you remember any minister saying that in the 17 years we've been here? And we have been hammered. Now, either everybody that came by was hallucinating. All these encouraging words were just to string us along when people started dying and people started having health issues and people started, now I'm, I'm saying it, I'm gonna just say it like it is, you listen to me. Either those people were liars and were all going down or God knew this moment was going to come and he said, "I want to know if you will keep what I gave." I already gave you something. I gave you something to hold you steady. I want to look I want you to look at verse 8. Is that a He tarried seven days according to the set time Samuel had told him. I want you to wait on the Lord. And Brother Gators sings it. Brother Gators, I want you to just stand up and sing one line of that chorus. Sing it. Sing it from the congregation. sing that one more time. Finish Rain it. And what? and stand up and sing, I'm gonna see a victory. Sing it, Anne. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. Yes, And stand up and sing when I walk through the fire. When- sing with me. you to raise your hands right now. what did he give you? What'd he give you? He's been singing to us for more than a year. Hallelujah. Go to the next verse. Saul said, bring me the sacrifice. He didn't do it out of love or faith. He put on a show of worship because he was terrified. Next verse. And as soon as he made, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him and said, look what I did. I've been coming to church. Look what I did. I did what you said do. Next verse. And he said, why'd you do it? Because I saw the people were leaving and I had to make a good show of it. I had to put on a little fire. I had to crank up the music and come on, let's get this thing going. Let me tell you something. There is no time for fakery right now. We're not faking this. We are desperate for God to move. Do you hear me? We got 30,000 Philistines at least, 6,000 horsemen, and we got stuff like the sand of the sea. I want somebody to just lift your voice and shout. The Lord said, when you're surrounded like that, I want you to blow a trumpet. Your yell is a trumpet. And he said, if you'll do it, I'll remember you. Well, I don't want to say anything. I'm going to say it. Help. Help. I'm not ashamed to holler for help. I've been around too many physicians that they don't have a clue. And they can't even agree. But he said if two of you would agree. My God. next verse. And he said, I'm going to do it. I forced myself. I made a supplication. I've never done it before, but I'm now I'm putting it on. Let me tell you something. If you are doing what you're doing and I'm not addressing anybody here, cause I'm just saying this. Okay. I, I, I can't even look at you. I'm going to look down here. If you do what you do because you've watched other people fast and pray and you think you're going to put 50 cents worth of fasting and praying and chain get your little Diet Coke miracle, it ain't going to happen. It's not how it works. Next verse. Now there it is. Samuel said, you have not kept. I gave you something. I told you what to do. Worship the Lord. No, I don't feel like it. If you don't keep what he told you to do, then when the pressure comes, you're gonna try to find a way out of it. And it's not gonna work. Say, "It it will not work. Now I want you to jump down to 15. And Saul numbered the people that were present with him. And there's the 600, Josiah, 600. You do the math. it's, It's not even possible. Is it possible? I ask you. No, it's not. Now here's, I want you to jump to 17. I want you to write this down because God is actually giving us a template of what's fixing to come. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you what he's showing us. Everybody say, and spoilers. They came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. Now, why would you send spoilers? You've already got 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, people like the sand of the sea. What is a spoiler supposed to do? They came in three companies in three different directions. And I can tell you what the Bible says. They are destroyers. Wasters, let me see what else my Bible said. I looked it up because it caught my eye. What's a spoiler? If you've got all that firepower, corruptors, corruptors, you know what I think they were? I think these Philistines were spies that masked themselves like Hebrews. I think they went behind enemy lines and they started saying, walk with me, sister. Walk with me. You sure are having it rough. Do you think you're actually going to make it? Look look at the people around you. They're weak. There's no strength. You really don't want to fight, do you? Why don't you just take your family and pack up? This is a lot of pressure. Just take your family, go across You don't need, in fact, did you know that some of your relatives already joined the Philistines and they're eating fresh bread and fresh food? You don't need to stay with these Israelites. They're not going to make it. This church is not going to make it. It's struggling too hard. You need to go find you another place. Are you hearing me? A spoiler? Or look, let's not go to church tonight. Come on, let's take it easy for a while. Let's you and me, let's go out. You don't need to go to that prayer meeting. You got things to do. And you know what? Those people are going to have to pray for themselves. They've got kids and grandchildren there to pray for them. You don't need to pray for them. Everybody's got to carry his own cross. You don't need to show up. Y'all need a vacation. Come on, let's have a vacation. Now we're 50, we've got... 600 a tenth of just the chariots, and they didn't have chariots. Sand of the Sea, and these three companies went into behind the lines to demoralize to sit in their ear and tell them, thank you, how pitiful they were and how sorry the company was. And the music's not good enough. If you think you're gonna look at what's coming after you, you honestly think that your little old prayer, your little tippy tap on those drums, do you actually think you singing up there? Do you actually think your little tent that you give? This church needs more than you. You're not necessary, you can just slip out. No one will ever notice you're gone. that is not a head on a front that's in your ear wearing you down emotionally and physically and trying to get you whipped before you even try it's too hard I can't do it it's too big yes it is But the Bible said we have something that protects us. Ephesians says... Don't grieve the Holy Ghost by which you have been sealed unto the day of redemption. There are voices out there. Some of them may even come from your family that don't know the Lord. That are trying to pull you out of church to tell you how ridiculous this is. And tell you you need to be afraid and you need to take care of yourself and take care of your business. I'm coming to explain voice of the spoiler. I'm saying in the name of Jesus, greater is he that is in you. Somebody shout. Now that's a setup. Verse 22, as if it couldn't get any worse. Oh God in heaven, It came to pass in the day of battle. The day when all the men were supposed to go out there and fight for their wives and their kids and their cows. That there was neither sword nor spear in the hand of any of the people. I was like, God, what are they going to fight with? Rocks? They just don't have it. They don't even have a weapon. The only two people that had anything was Saul and Jonathan. But I'm going to tell you something. If two can agree, and they're not looking at what's in their hand, but they're looking at who, who is in their heart. My eyes are not set on my ability. My eyes set on a number. My eyes are set on a name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Chapter 14 and verse 1. Jonathan knew the odds. And Jonathan already knew he had won a little battle. He said, look at that. And Jonathan could have said, oh my God, if I'd have stopped fasting and praying, this wouldn't have happened to me. How many of you have heard that? If I'd have just let... Bygones be bygones. If I had just said it's okay for me to escape, I don't have the strength to fight, I'll just go find my cave again. It's overwhelming, my kids are struggling, but I can't fight it, so I'll just escape. They're just gonna have to do the best they can. But Jonathan took a stand in chapter 13. So in 14, he looked at his armor bearer and he said, hey, there are two of us. There are two of us. Do you have a huge church? Do you have a lot of strong men? How about the young men? Are they living for God? Let's see who's strong. He just said, hey, you and me, just two of us, let's just agree. Let's just agree that we're going to push back. And he said, here's what we're going to do. Let's go over to their garrison. I fought one time and I I know how to fast and pray and I've marched around the church and God gave us a victory. So let's go over there to where they are. Let's take the battle to them. And this is what he said. So keep going and and next verse and he didn't tell his daddy didn't tell anybody. He just said let's you and me go. And uh and go to the next verse his dad was there under a tree and keep going. And uh, his dad was trying to get a hold of God. And he was trying to use the ark and the ephod. And he's trying to do all the stuff he's seen done in church. He doesn't know how to use any of it. But he's trying to do it. Samuel's left him. He doesn't know what to do. And Jonathan Jonathan had to go between a rock and a hard place to get there. Because there were two huge sharp rocks. And Jonathan had to go between both of them. He said, I don't care. Yeah, it's going to cost me something this week to fast and push back and find a prayer partner. I don't give a rip, though. Those are two sharp rocks. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to have to squeeze myself through to find time to pray. And I'm going to squeeze myself through to find time to read the Bible. I'm going to have to squeeze a little extra time to get to church every night this week. And I'm going to have to squeeze to get to that corporate prayer meeting. Not because they're asking me or shaming me, but because I believe if I can find an armor bearer. He said, let's go over. Here it goes. Everybody repeat after me. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Oh, now shut up. We've done this so many times. There's a spoiler in the camp. Uh-huh. Right. Think about it. Right. There it is. Don't say that. He said, go back. It may be that the Lord will work for us. All right, everybody repeat. For there is no restraint To the Lord, to to save by many many. or few. You want to see your kids saved? You want the Lord to shake them up? How about moms and dads? Two, let's push back this week. We know our kids are surrounded by 30,000 Philistines. And I want the Lord to come, but I can't pray, come Lord Jesus, because my kids are. Okay, can I get someone to agree with me? I'm going to push again. My kids are surrounded by 30,000 Philistines and 6,000 horsemen. And I'm so discouraged and depressed. And my body's weak and my family's weak and everybody's weak. And shut up. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Because it's nothing to him to save by lots of people or just two. And you know what the armor bearer said? This is why it was his armor bearer. Just do whatever you want to do. I'm with you. Hey, what kind of friends do you have? Let's go to church. I'm with you. Let's go pray. I'm with you. Let's fast. Let's do it. Or do you have somebody in your life saying, I don't want to do that. I feel too tired. I'm too. Spoiler alert! That's good. Surrounded by Philistines. And so you know what he did? Next verse. So Jonathan said this. Here's what we're going to do. He said, we're going to go over and we're going to let them see us. And if they say, just stay right there, we're coming down. Jonathan said, we're going to stand still. We're not moving. We'll just have to take our chances. And I was thinking, Jonathan, what are are you going to do if they say, wait there? Are you going to run? I was like, what, what are you gonna do? You know what he was gonna do? Josiah, I'm sorry to pick on you, but you're young and you're strong. And if I had a sword right now, I'd give it to you and I'd just let you swing it for the fun of it. <laughs> he said, if they come down to us, stand still, we're either gonna fight them today and win or we're gonna die fighting. Right. But I'm... Com- oh, he's ready. What is that saying, Pastor, bring it on, molon, what is that? Molon labe. Anybody ever heard that? What does it mean? It means bring it. Pastor, I just want you to say it. It's just juicy. Greek history, supposedly the army sent a message to the Spartans. You need to bring us your weapons because we've outnumbered you and we're gonna kill you if you don't bring your weapons. And they responded, molan labe, which means come and get them. Is this church tired? Are you tired of the cave yet? In the thicket, in the pit? Are you sick of it? Because the Lord said there's another option. If they say, wait till we come to you, stand still, and we're not going up to them. Next verse. But if they say, come up, and we're going to show you something. He said, we're going up. We're going after them. Because the Lord has delivered them. He was not trying to find out whether they were strong enough. He said, I want to know what the Lord says. Lord... Do you want me to try one more time? Do you want me to fast? One more time. Do you want me to march these aisles? One more time. Lord, do I need to give up some food? One more time. Can I find somebody? Shalom, Can I find somebody? And I'm going to tell you what your sign was. A little woman that has been battling for her life for more than a year got up from a sick bed. She got sprinkled the last time she got baptized because she had nothing but tubes everywhere and she could not be immersed. On a Friday, she was hemorrhaging and I didn't know she was going to make it, but this This church began walking the aisles, and Laylee's not even here. This church started walking the aisles and calling her name. I know that some of you are here that walked those aisles early in the morning and said, I'm going to march one more time. It's dark, and there's not a huge majority here, but it doesn't take a majority because the Lord can save by few, and he can save by many. Hallelujah. And this church got up and walked into a room. You weren't there, but what I did, you did, because we're one. And I walked into the room and began to pray in the name of Jesus. And two days later, she was baptized. That's your sign. That's your sign. All right. I'm going to finish it, Pastor. Can you stay with me for seven minutes? Amen. And so they showed themselves and they started laughing. Ah, oh, you came out of your hole. Look at you, aren't you something? You think you're gonna take me on? You came out of your hole. You'll go back to it. Molan Bobby, come, come and get it. Said, look, they've come out of their holes and they said, you climb up. Now I want to show you how Jonathan got there. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, you come after me. We're going to be in unity. I'm going to go first. Don't you ever ask anybody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. You don't ever go, we need to this and we need to that. You know who the we is? Take your finger and point right here. If God's calling you to prayer and fasting, he's calling you. You find somebody who'd be an armor bearer with you, but you first. Everybody said, me, me first. Jonathan said, come up after me. The Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. There's only two of you. I'm going to tell you what, when two of you get together, the whole church has a victory. When there are two of us that agree, the whole congregation rejoices. When you win a victory over your Philistine, it's a victory for all of us. Somebody shout. next verse he climbed he stood up and said "Nani, nani boo boo tell me how he got there brother shane come here yell it i want you to yell it how did jonathan prepare himself for that battle He climbed up on his hands and on his feet. Hallelujah. When my people call by my name, humble themselves on their hands and on their feet and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You're You're climbing up. You're climbing up. You're climbing up. You're climbing up. Now that's just marvelous. You can remain standing. That's all right. Because you're feeling it, you're seeing it. And that's amazing and that's fabulous. And the Bible said when Jonathan came up, they fell before him I don't know if they lost their balance but and and the Bible said only he had a sword that's why he went up the armor bearer must have had a rock that's all I know he was running him through and the armor bearer was bashing him in the head but the Bible said his armor bearer slew after him now verse 15 Oh my God, now let me tell you what happened when two of them got together. My God, suddenly there is a shaking, a trembling in the host now, it started in the 36,000. It started with the chariots, Sister Carolyn. And it went to the horses. They could feel the ground under their feet. And they started trembling. And then the people started shaking. And then the garrison. And look what happened to the spoilers. The spoilers started shaking. <laughs> because two brave Precious believers got together and started pushing back. The earth began to shake underneath the feet of the 36,000 and the countless. Hela Mayo Mohoya! And God said, I'm not going to let those boys just get a garrison. He said, rocks cry out. And the rocks begin to roar. And the earth began to buckle beneath the feet of their enemies. And the watchmen looked. And the multitude, the 30,000 and the 6,000. And all the people began to melt away. And you know what was happening while the ground was shaking? They were beating each other to death. If the devil is not sending someone to steal, kill, and destroy us, he will turn those that follow him on each other. Amen. Did you hear what I said to you? He lives by the slaughter of humanity. He lives by killing things. That's how he survives through murder and mayhem. And the earth is rocking and reeling right now. I'm going to see a victory. And sing it one more time. Lift your voice and holler it. I'm going to see a victory. Woo! Woo! Did you hear that? There's a little singer in the back. Hallelujah. Worshipping. God promised. Bye. All right, that was a great sermon. I'm glad you were entertained. Now what are you going to do about it? So here's the call to action this week in groups of twos. You're going to have to find somebody to pray with you and to fast with you. I don't care how many days you do it. I don't care what you fast. I don't care what you agree on. Part of the thing is going to be for the two of you to agree about your own kids, about your own parents, about people like Lovedisa. If you have backsliders, you might as well be surrounded by 36,000 Philistines because it's just that hard to get people to come back to God who don't appear to want him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? One more time, one more time, I'm going to get an agreement. It took a year to get a girl who we didn't even know to walk in the door one week and three weeks later to walk in again. Praise team, I want you to come. We're going to do what we always do. We're going to get together and we're going to sing and we're going to worship. And I'm going to let the Lord talk to you in the quiet right now. Are you willing to fight for the people you love? Are you going to capitulate? That means are you going to go back to your cave? I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know what they're doing. If I don't know, it can't hurt me. Really? I'm saying God in heaven, I don't even have to guess their flesh. Anything without the Holy Ghost right now can do anything. Now I want you to start praying. Open my eyes. 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 If you knew he was coming this week, whose name would you be calling? Hey! Yes, If you knew he was coming this week, what would you be repenting of? Hey! I'm telling you, the sign has already been given. The battle is the Lord's crown. Him right now. I want you to lift your voice like a trumpet and call on the name of the Lord.